Well, up until this point, we have been an Ontario-only podcast. Uh, Gary in Southampton, Lance in Waterloo, and myself in Chatham. And this week, we are truly going Canada-wide because, Lance, look at you. You're in Lethbridge, Alberta, visiting family. So we've gone truly national here. This is my granddaughter's first birthday I was here for, so it's been a great time. She's had two parties already. I never had one when I think I was one years old. You've probably been the life of both of those parties, have you, Lance? Oh, uh, I'm a little older than most of them coming to the party. (laughs) Well, safe travels home, but uh, this is just neat to have us covering more than one province here for the first time ever. And uh, and welcome to What Do You Know About Sports? If you're watching or listening, uh, Randy Steinman, longtime sportscaster here. To my left, Gary Jeffries, longtime coach. And to my right, Lance Roberts, longtime referee. And some uh, pretty cool things to talk about here this week, including just an amazing week in women's sports. And uh, Gary, you wanted to take the lead on this and, and talk about some of the things, but uh, starting with some uh, some basketball, we saw some real impressive women at the NBA All Star Weekend. Yeah, it was uh, it was really cool. The the, the skills competition uh, for me was the was a highlight of the the basketball All Star Weekend. Um, and then the challenge match uh, between Steph Curry and uh, and Sabrina Ionescu, uh, the the girl from the the New York Liberty in the in the professional women's league, and um, you know she she's an outstanding shooter, uh, and of course you know we we all know about Steph and and what he's done, but uh, uh, they they had a a match um, and uh, prior to the three point competition, and uh, Sabrina uh, she uh, she she took Curry like right right to the the finish line. Um, and, uh, I believe she put up 26 points and, uh, and Steph, uh, you know, the pressure was on, he, he went next and, uh, he put up 29, <laughs> um, but, uh, the, the, and, and Sabrina shot from the men's three point line. Uh, she, she had the option. She could have shot from uh, a line that's a little bit closer. Uh, she didn't want to do that. Uh, so they both shot from the, 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 the same, uh, the same line. Um, and, uh, it was amazing competition and, and, uh, um, she, as it turned out, the 26 points that she scored, uh, it tied the total, uh, of Damian Lillard who won the three point competition. Hmm. So, uh, she, she, she can fill it up and uh, it was a fun competition to watch. You could see the respect that Steph had for her too. Like it was, uh. He was quite amazed at what she did, and he, he really showed a lot of respect for her. I, re- I was really impressed with him with the way he handled it. Yeah, she. Once she got going, and it's the same with Steph. Well, once they get going, uh, you know, they they can they, they can make a lot in a row. And, uh, but uh, it, it's it's kind of reminiscent going back to you know Billie Jean King and and Bobby Riggs. You know when they when they faced off in that uh, that tennis match many many years ago. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and 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 Billie Jean, she's still a, a huge advocate for uh, for women's sports. She was front and center when that PWHL opened up uh, in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Well, still with women's basketball, uh, Caitlin Clark out of Iowa, who's really uh, made a name for herself 
especially it seems like in this past year, I mean, I hadn't heard a whole lot about Caitlin Clark up until uh, this season, but uh, she's been scoring at a record pace and setting all kinds of records. What a year for her. Yeah, she uh, she just set the, the all-time scoring leader, her all-time scoring record uh, in, uh, in uh, NCAA basketball, um, and uh, I think at 3,500 and some odd points. Um, the interesting thing is I don't think uh, she was expected to set that record on the night that she did, um, but she went out and put up 49 points. 49 points that night to, to, to beat the record. And and her, the winning shot, the sh- or not the winning shot, but the shot that set the record, uh, if you've seen it, it was from well outside the three-point line. She, she let her go, and uh, it, it was an outstanding shot and a, and a great way to, 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 to set the record. Hmm. I mean, Gary, you taught, no, you taught, you you coached uh, university women's basketball. What what? At, at that point, help me again. What years? What years were those? Back in the eighties, eighty, eighty four to eighty eight or eighty nine, something like that. Yeah, I mean, how would you how would you compare? I mean, those those girls that you would have coached were were real uh, pioneers, really, for women's basketball. I mean, that's been now thirty five years ago. Uh, compared to what women's basketball is today, it's come a long way. Well, I, I think I think it has, and and the particularly that with the three-point line and and, and the you know the, the outside shooting outside scoring um but uh our, our our kids back then were pretty darn good um and uh and the thing that that no one recognized and, and it's it, you know fortunately now it is being recognized across the board in all women's sports but uh um you know that they're they're very very skilled um, and they play hard, and they that they practice hard, they compete hard, and uh, I, I'm not sure a lot a lot of people really recognize that. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it's got the, the the girls' label on it, um, and and that's you know that that's baloney. Um, they 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 play and compete and practice just as hard as the men do, and uh, so it, uh, we had a pretty good bunch back then, and and we still get together. They yeah. there's a whole lack of them that come to our golf tournament every year yeah well and it's great to see the crowds that they get not only for you know women's university basketball uh, but obviously the the wnba as well and speaking of crowds this this little upstart league called the pwhl uh lance what an amazing uh, turnout in toronto uh, recently for a, a game between toronto and montreal with a crowd of more than nineteen thousand. there's like nineteen thousand there yeah i mean like we've been saying all along, that that league is—they're uh, doing it right. They're doing it the right way. They—they got a lot of support. But I mean, the fact that it's a short season to be heading in the playoffs soon, it's going to keep the excitement going. And they just keep getting stronger in that league. And you know, there there's been some great hockey played, I think, all around in regards to how they're playing. But it, you know, the crowds are like I just there's some crowds in some cities outside of Toronto. That game, there's they've all been pretty been really getting great crowds for their games. So. Well, hockey's been really good. They get a little more physical at times than that, like I've been saying. But I think that that product's going to be really great to watch, and they're getting a lot of good sponsorships. So I think they're doing the right stuff. Yeah, Toronto won that game three to nothing, and I, I think that they've moved up considerably in the standings. They're up near the top now, and I think that's important. 
that uh, that, that Toronto be very competitive in that league. Um, and and the crowds are, and I think you're right, Lance. That they're good right across the league, but they're particularly good in Canada. Yeah. Um, our, our three cities uh, that you know they're 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 filling it up every night. Uh, Minnesota had, had has been really good. Um, some of the games I've watched from Boston and New York, not so much so. Um, but uh, I think overall uh, they they've exceeded all expectations, and, and uh, it's really great to see. The only thing I'm finding, like being out west here, is that there's nothing out west really to do with the PWHL, and, you know, other than the fact that it's Toronto. So I think that I don't know how much it, you know, um, you know, momentum they have out here out in the western Canada, because it's kind of a bit more of an eastern Canada, like sort of a central Ontario thing, where you know, like when anything, like like anything in our country in Canada, you know, it all centers around Ontario and Toronto, Montreal, you know, and stuff like that. So West, it hasn't quite. I don't know, but it has quite the uh, the excitement out here as it has in other in other centers. To be honest with you, Lance, if that were if that league were to expand out west, and hopefully it will, what would be the ideal Canadian city to start in? Do you think out west? Oh, well, Vancouver would be a good place to start. You know, because it does have the proximity to, to you know has a pretty big base out there. I think probably another good place to be would Edmonton. I mean, Edmonton has a hot a Hanawaki area, or Edmonton or Calgary. I think those would be the places to go. Yeah, I, I think it's like the original six back in the, you know in, in the NHL and, and uh, right now and and eventually I, I I'm sure that they they expect that they will expand. That uh, they wanted to get it going. They um, you know close proximity to each other in terms of travel. I think right now is important, um, but. Uh, you know, absolutely. They'd uh, they'd love to to expand, and and uh, you know, we'd certainly love to see more Canadian teams involved too. Yeah. Well, for what it's worth, those uh, those uh, girls who played in that Toronto Montreal game at Scotiabank in front of nineteen thousand plus, what a, what an experience that must have been. Uh, I was reading some post game quotes where some of the players were saying it was way louder than Leafs games, which. Which says a lot about the atmosphere. Yeah, I think I think a lot of that too is a younger crowd. You know, it's it's not a lot of suits uh, sitting there from you know in the corporate boxes. It, it's a uh, it's a lot of kids and, and, and younger people, and and you know they're it's a it's a lot of fun. They're in there and they're hooting and hollering and and uh, and so that's great. The atmosphere is tremendous. <clears throat> One of the things that it does is that it gives a lot of young girls. You know the the vision of something that they would like to achieve themselves. I have a granddaughter that's playing hockey, and I know that um, you know she follows a little bit of it. But I don't know if she has the same atmosphere as if she would be in, in the East with the, you know, it's a lot more predominant. You know, in regards to young girls, what they're doing and they're, you know, going out and reaching out to young girls in different, uh, you know, levels of leagues of hockey for for girls hockey and. And I see her, the, the, her ability is so high. I got a little granddaughter too that also plays ringette. And I watched her play, and her skating is is remarkable. So those are things that you know that are going to get better and better. And hopefully, if more exposure out west here, it'll give more young girls, you know, the the dream and the and the drive to become, you know, maybe have an opportunity to play at that level someday. Yeah, Lance is is that the one year old that's already playing hockey? No, she's no, she's not quite there yet. She has to get on skates. We'll toughen her up real quick. Don't worry. <laughs> well, 
Well, one other thing we want to talk about with, before we move on from this great week in women's sports is the uh, Scotty's Hearts, which is in Calgary this week. It's happening right now as we record this. Uh, but uh, uh, Jennifer Jones, it's sort of her, her farewell uh, swan song, I guess. And uh, what a great sh- career she's had, Gary. Yeah, she's uh, she, she's just had an amazing career. And this is her last appearance. Um, she, she's She's been to the Scotties 18 times. Uh, so she she wins that uh, province of Manitoba uh, virtually every year, um, and uh, she's won it six times. Um, she's uh, she's got an Olympic gold in uh, in Sochi in 2014. Uh, she's won a couple of world championships, um, and, and she's doing it this year with with a new team. She's she's got uh, she's got a young a young crew this year, and and uh, I, I believe they won yesterday. Um, and uh, that that makes them four and all um, right, right now at uh, at the Scotty. So uh, yeah, she's uh, she's certainly one of the best ever. And, and uh, I'm sure those other curlers, however, out in Manitoba, uh, they're, they're glad as heck she's finally retired. Yeah, and uh, you know somebody else can represent that province in uh, in the future. Yeah, it's well, a real. Sorry, Lance, go ahead. I'm just saying that it's a long road for those girls to get to that Scotty's for one thing. I have a really good friend of mine out here at West, and his daughter is, is pretty deep into you know competitive curling and has gotten close to getting to the Scotties. But it's a long road to get there. I mean, you got to play through a lot of different levels to get your chance to get to the Scotties. But the physical side of the things for the, is, is in the Scotties and for, the, for female curling and men's curling is sweeping. I mean, you watch those girls go at sweeping. They're 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 pretty, they're very good at the technique of it and stuff. It's you know that that's where the bread and butter is. Some nights with with curling is is in the sweepers, yeah. and there's some strong sweepers in, in women curling. Yeah. Well, a real testament though to someone like a Jen Jones, who you know, despite the fact that uh, she's with new team and has been with new teammates over the years, as the skip, she's always been highly successful and right at the top of Canadian curling. And wow, what a, what a testament that is to her that uh, you can give her new teammates. Uh, they sort of rotate through them every few years, and yet she still stays on top of her game. So good for her. I mean, clearly one of the greatest Canadian curlers ever. Yeah, absolutely. She's a real competitor. I think the other, the other thing with her too, and, and and you hear it when you hear the other uh, the other curlers speak, um, but... Uh, not not just a great athlete and a great curler, but a great person, and uh, that, that's you know that, that's so important as well. Yeah, she she's always come across as very uh, genuine, um, and uh, yeah, good for her. All right, well, let's move on. We've got uh, some baseball to talk about, and uh, hey, pitchers and catchers have reported in Florida and Arizona, including of course the Blue Jays, and I guess the one real story that's going to be interesting to see this year with. With the Jays, is uh, can Alec Manoa come back? Uh, had that real successful year in 2022, struggled huge last year, and uh, what's in store for Alec Manoa in 2024? What do you think, Gary? Well, that's you know that that's the you know that, that's a big question for sure. Um, uh, you know the reports coming out early is uh, you know he, he's uh, he, he's he's gotten himself in shape. Um, he, uh, you know, that there, there was some talk of, 
part of the reason last year that uh, that he didn't have the success is uh, is he didn't come to camp in shape and and uh, but you know the the, the guy's six foot five, uh, two hundred and eighty pounds, two hundred and seventy five pounds. He's a horse, um, and uh, but he uh, yeah last year things just went sideways. Uh, he got beat up opening day and um, and uh, it didn't get much better uh, as the season went on. Uh, got sent down to you know to uh, the the Florida. I think it's called the Florida Complex League. Um, he's playing playing against a bunch of kids down there, 18, 19 year old kids. Um, and he got batted around down there. Yeah. Um, came back for a little bit and uh, got sent to Buffalo, and he didn't report. So last year was was pretty much a write off. Um, so it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see. He's going to try and last year he was the opening day starter. Uh, this year he'll vie to be uh, the number five starter on that uh, on that staff with with uh, Gosman, Barrios, uh, Bassett, and Kikuchi. And uh, so it, uh, it and 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 they need him. They, they need him in that rotation. But uh, you know we'll see what happens. I don't know about Manoa. I mean, Manoa's he's lost 30 pounds. He's got better shape. He's been working out and all those things. But I, I just don't know if he has the the mind or his um, commitment to it or what it is. But I just found his attitude last year at the Jays really hurt. I think it had an effect on the Jays down the stretch a little bit in some ways that he was around. Oh, he wouldn't go down and stuff like that. So I, I don't know how he'll make out this year. I don't, I'm not a big fan. I don't, I don't, I don't think that. Uh, I think you're right. He should be about fifth, and if he gets his, you know, if he gets there, he'd be in fifth in the starting rotation if he makes it to the team. It's going to be interesting to see how his training camp goes for sure. I mean, hopefully he's got a, you know, he gets his attitude better and he wants to really work hard, hard at it. And I don't know if they could figure him out or not. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they sure need him. But what an unbelievable fall it was for him from the one year, two years ago, he won 16 games. His earned run average was 2.24, which is just outstanding. And then last year, he went uh, three and nine, won three games, and his earned run average was 5.87, which is uh, almost triple from the year before. So he very uh, reminiscent. I don't know if you guys remember Ricky Romero. Uh, about that's right. Yeah, uh, boy, I'm going to say 12, 12 years ago. Very much the same was an all-star pitcher uh, around 2011, and then went from a great year to a, a very mediocre year to a year when he only appeared a couple times and and never appeared again after I don't think 2013. He had he had both the knee issues and elbow issues, so he had some physical issues with him that I don't think was mental where. I suspect, and more he, physical. He, he, he was physical, and and yeah, I, I suspect maybe Noah, like you said, Lance is a lot of it more is just uh, attitude and and mental. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. In that first year, um, you know, Manoa, he he, uh, he was pretty cocky. Uh, he, uh, you know, he'd, he'd stare down. Uh, I don't know if you you watched him a little bit, but he'd stare down the batter. Um, and uh, he, uh, you know, he just had, he did have an attitude, <clears throat> excuse me. And, and 
you know, and he, he's runner up, I think, in the Cy Young, or he was up up close in in in, uh, in winning that thing. Um, and then he comes back and and he gets batted around early or, or hit around early, and I'm not sure he knew how to handle it. Um, you know, it it, it to, he he went from uh, you know one of the very best to you know he he couldn't throw strikes, and that's a big thing with him. You know, he, at at six five whatever we said, you know, two two and a bunch. Um, he doesn't get it up there at 98 or 99. Um, he, he's in the, the, you know, the mid to, to low 90s. And uh, so for him, he, he has to be able to throw, you know, hit the corners and, and uh, control is imperative. And uh, he, he just couldn't find a strike zone. And when he threw it over, they, you know, they, they, they were hitting him. So um, that, that, that's a big thing for him. And he, he's got to get that attitude back a little bit. Um, I, I think he quit on him. I, would, I, I don't know this. I didn't hear this. Um, but uh, when he when he sent to uh, got sent to Buffalo, I, I just he he, re, he refused to go. Yeah. And uh, you know, so he has to get that straightened out and uh, and find the plate this year in the spring. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that he has to get he's got to get a, he's got to get his attitude right because he was a distraction towards down the stretch a little bit there. The one I'm looking forward to seeing playing this year, I hope he gets back, is Jensen. I hope they get him back because he was a big plus towards the stretch at the end, end run there. But when he got hurt there, I think that hurt the Jays a lot because he, I think he, I think he's a real uh, leader in that in that clubhouse. Yeah. Well, it'll be an interesting sidebar story to watch with the Jays this year to see how uh, Manoa responds and uh, how much of a factor he's going to be with this team this year. Um, just just before we move off the baseball, the, the <clears throat> kid I'm I'm really looking forward to, to see, and I, I hope gets an opportunity. Uh, their number one prospect, pitching pros, prospects, a kid named uh, Ricky Teeterman, and uh, he, he gets it up there uh, close to a hundred, and uh, he's a kid that uh, you know he, he's still young, um, but uh, you know the, 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 there's a spot there if, if Manoa doesn't want to take that number five spot. Uh, I'd love to see Tiedemann get a shot. Yeah. Well, it'll be a fun year. It's my my favorite time of year right now is we're just heading into it. March and April, start of baseball season. End of winter, start of spring. Love it. So Hockey playoffs coming up. Yeah. Oh, it's just a, just a great time of year. Yeah. All right. Another topic we wanted to talk about here for a couple of weeks, and uh, we've never really had the time, but we're going to do it today, is uh, just sort of, talk about our favorite sports movies of all time. If uh, anyone uh, is watching or listening and would like some ideas on uh, neat sports movies to watch, uh, we've all sort of brought a list of our top three to the table here. And uh, Lance, what uh, what movies do you really like? Well, I think my number one movie, I think, for sports movie has got to be Rudy. <clears throat> the young guy making it and getting his chance to play. I watched that movie. I still get tears in my eyes. I think it's amazing. You know, coming out of Pittsburgh there and getting out of a steel mill and and getting to the gets a green education. I think that's so. Some of the messages set in that movie are tremendous. And at the end, when he finally gets on the field, is is a great thing to watch. Is for a movie if you want to see something that's uh, you know heartwarming. And Bull Durham, I love that movie. I think that's one of the classics of all time when it comes to baseball. It's all so many funny things to do with baseball that you you kind of watch. I love the the dugout scene where they're all deciding on what to get them for her wedding and what they're dealing with and all that stuff. And they, when the 
watch when you watch that movie, watch how the uh, uh, the assistant coach run comes out, trots out to the mound, his hands in his pockets. He's got this little geek that he does these little bounces. It is funny to watch, and he gets to the to the, the what's, what's what are we doing here? And he goes, "We're doing a lot, a lot of stuff here." He says, "So it's uh, you always say I wonder what they say in the mountain." And that was quite quite funny. And then you know a lot of other situations in there with the, with the pitcher and his different little think you know synchronous synchronized things he was doing with his uh, garter belt and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a good movie to watch. And I also like replacements. And that's kind of a true story what that happened with the Washington Redskins all the way back when they when they had them go on strike and it's a, a playoff of that. And the thing about it is it's interesting is watch the cheerleaders in that movie. It is hilarious <clears throat> what they're doing on the sidelines and stuff and then they, they kick back to the to the football game and oh I laughed my head off watching that. It is so funny. So that's my three. I think the replacements I, I love watching that uh you know the uh, them coming to get the chance to win and be a part of the the the, you know, the team and the one guy that was the middle linebacker or something or he played both sides of the field I guess he was crazy and yeah that's a that's what we I'd also re- recommend to watch. Gary, <laughs> uh, it doesn't surprise me that you were intrigued by the by the cheerleaders. But <laughs> you see those cheerleaders in that movie? They're hilarious. They're just oh, it's it's funny as hell. I gotta admit, I've never seen the movie. I'll, I'll watch it. No, I, I'm gonna have to watch it now as well. Yeah, if you see the trailers, you guys give me a call. You'll be, we'll be talking. <laughs> okay, um, Gary, how about you? My, um, my three, a, a couple of them, I, I think, are, are classics from from a long way back. Um, Caddyshack. Caddyshack is, was uh, is one as as you said, you watched. Uh, you know, you watch them so many times, and I watch Caddyshack so many times. Lance, um, you know, Bill Murray and, and Rodney Dangerfield, Chevy uh, Chase. It, it uh, you know, what one one it was one skit after another, one humorous skit after another, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, so many times, you know, on the golf course, we've we've used you know some of the lines that uh, you know that that came out of that movie. Uh, you know, that the, the hard stuff's not going to come down for a while yet. You know, and the, the, the priest is out there on the on, on the green. He's having the round of his life, and he doesn't want to stop. And and then the old guy and his wife out playing, and she she poops one into the into the into the pond, and he goes, "Oh, that's a peach, hon." <laughs> anyhow, it, it, it's uh, humor. Uh, the the my, my the movies I enjoy, and actually with most of these sports movies. Um, you know, there there's either humor uh, or, or it's a, it's a comeback story. Uh, you know, and and, uh, and I, I just love them both. Um, the Longest Yard uh, is another one. Yep. Uh, Burt Reynolds, uh, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> rounding up the prisoners to, to 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 put a football team together to play the guards and. <laughs> Again, funny Ray Nitschke playing middle linebacker for the guards, yeah. <laughs> and Burr Reynolds drills drills him in the crotch with a, with a pass. Uh, it uh, it just makes me laugh. It's just a, a you know a, a fun movie to watch. Yeah. And then the other one is one I just watched recently, uh, and it's called The Hill, uh, and it's a true story uh, about a, a ball player named Ricky Hill. 
Uh, he was disabled uh, as a young person, uh, and uh, the battle he, he went through, uh, and uh, his goal uh, was to, to be a professional baseball player. And he wouldn't let anything stand in his way, and, and uh, against all odds, uh, against his dad, who, who really wanted him nothing, wanted nothing to do with the the kid going on and, and playing ball, and and uh, he got rid of the braces off his legs, and and uh, and he made it. He he played, I think, three or four years of professional baseball, and uh, it's uh, it's a really heartwarming story, and, and uh, I, I recommend that if if anybody hasn't seen it. It's, it's on uh, Netflix right now. So they're they're, they're my three. Yeah, Bill we just is hilarious in that one. That one that uh, Caddyshack. I think Bill Murray really makes that that movie run sometimes with it, with him and that gopher that yeah. he had there. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of it, he comes up. I'm all right. <laughs> what did he promote me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are some great scenes in that movie. There certainly were. Yeah. Uh, we just watched The Hill uh, uh, within the last couple of weeks here in our house, too. And, uh, yeah, just just a, a tremendous story. Um, I, I'd be curious to know uh, how accurate it was in, in some places, like in that final scene. Yeah. Did, he really, did he really hit, like, something like 10 or 11 straight home runs, including the last one off of a major leaguer? Like, I'd be curious to know how, how truly accurate that was. But but that aside, um, yeah, just a phenomenal story given the uh, the the leg issues he had as a youngster, and uh, yeah, when you said Gary, he played three or four years in the pros. He he played in the Expos organization, and Lance, I want to say he spent one of those years playing for an Expos farm team in Alberta somewhere. I'd have to look that up, but um, yeah, well, yeah, in Canada for sure. He was definitely in Canada playing in the Expos. Would have, would have been, line a, have been in Edmonton, maybe. Might, might have been. Lethbridge has a, has a double A team here, so. Yeah, well, it was it was a low it was a low um, minor team. Yeah. Like it was the Trappers team. in Edmonton could have been. Yeah, yeah, maybe something to look up. So anyway, so my my three uh, sticking with baseball. Uh, Forty two, the Jackie Robinson story. Just love it. I mean, that's Jackie Robinson was just in that era for me, which was the golden era of baseball, the, the post-war, uh, post-World War II, um, from 1946 to about 1960. That era for me is is just the, the best that ever was for baseball. And that's when Jackie Robinson came on the scene and was a big part of baseball in the late 40s and 50s. But just a great story. Uh, the movie Slapshot, which came out in uh, 1977, when I was just in high school and uh, I remember seeing Slapshot with friends uh, when it came out and thinking, ah, oh, it's kind of corny. And, and, you know, the guy skating around on the ice at the end uh, down to his underwear. And, and I thought, nah, this is a little too cornball. But over the years, I've really just grown to appreciate that movie just for, I don't know, the, the, almost the snapshot it, it, it was of of hockey in the 70s you know it, it's sort of what hockey was in the 70s with the the flyers and the broad street bullies and everything that that's kind of what hockey was and I, I it for me it just sort of takes me back now whenever I see that movie to what hockey was when I was in high school and and through those great years but love that you know the Hanson brothers and 
just you talk about funny movies, Gary. There's just some funny, hilarious scenes when when uh, uh, Paul Newman sticks his head in their hotel room and they're all playing with their their little Hot Wheels cars. <laughs> it's it just it's just hilarious. I love it. And and my number one, without a doubt, is Field of Dreams, uh, the baseball movie. Kevin Costner from 1989, I think. Uh, Kevin Costner, uh, James Earl Jones. Um, when I first watched that movie, when it was in the theater, I was actually disappointed because I think I was, uh, I think I was hoping for more baseball. Like I wanted to see more baseball of shoeless Joe Jackson and, and, uh, um, players of, of that era that were in the movie, but it really wasn't so much about <laughs> baseball as, as I had wanted. But as time has grown or gone by here in the last, you know, 35 years since that movie came out, uh, it, it, just what that movie means to me sentimentally. And, um, you know, what, the scene at the end where um, Kevin Costner asks his uh, his dad, hey, dad, you want to have a catch? I mean, I, I just it just floodgates for me most of the time. I'm I'm bawling by the end of that scene when I see it. So those are my, uh, those are my three field of dreams, slap shot and 42. Well, going to slap shot, the interesting thing about slap shot that and I kind of, uh, look at in that, that movie was, 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 uh, dreamed up by a lady and in a game she was at in Utica, New York. That's where it came from. She wrote the playwright for watching a game there. I think they went into the stands or something and a, in a, in a, at the time was that they were playing, I think it was called the Mohawk Valley Comets were playing in the uh, East Coast Hockey League. Because I, one of my first games as a pro, I got sent to um, to go to go to you know, to Mohawk Valley for the Comets, Mohawk Valley Comets for one of my games. I had no idea where Mohawk Valley was, and I tried to get my my uh, um, travel agent in Edmonton here in, in Edmonton at the time I was living in to book me a flight there. And she came back and said, there's no place called Mohawk Valley. So I called my boss up. I called up uh, John McCauley, uh, you know, and he was, he said, no, no, it's Utica. This, the game's in Utica. The team's called the Mohawk Valley Comets. You fly into Buffalo and you drive to Utica. Okay, oh, thanks, you know. So I, so I went to Utica and, and I went to this, this, this uh, uh, Mohawk Valley Comets in Utica playing a game there and I went to referee the game there and it was pretty it was pretty vicious hockey it was it was pretty interesting I remember I remember after I called about the fifth or sixth or seventh slashing penalty in the first 10 minutes of the hockey game this guy he skated up to me and he goes who are you I go well Lance Roberts he goes well we never met a real referee before and he skated away (laughs) this is going to be fun the rest of this game so but it was uh, it was pretty pretty rugged hockey in there, I'll tell you. But I, she 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 got her idea for this 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 uh, this um, what you call it uh, movie, you know, from from that being in a game in that in that building in Utica, and uh, it's part of it too. And it's interesting in that movie is that one of the the Hanson brothers, I can't remember the player's name now, out of that Hanson brothers, but he played in Baltimore. One of the brothers there. One of the guys that was well, he wasn't. They were all, weren't all brothers, but the one one of them played in Baltimore uh, under Gene Ubriaco. I remember being in Rochester one night, and this this clown brought me out the uh, 
rule book one time to the center ice to see if I'd read the rule book or not. And I, I took it to the penalty box and said, well, I'll tell you what, you sit there and read that thing for 10 minutes. Okay, you got 10. <laughs> but anyways, it was, it was kind of funny, but it, you know, all, the, all the kind of connection to that slap shot wasn't just a movie out of the blue. This, this thing took time to put together, and they even had some real hockey players in that movie. Yeah. Well, I, I love I love all the movies that uh, you guys have mentioned. I I think they're great, and there, there's so many of them. Um, and and uh, for me, uh, an honorable mention would be uh, the underdog. I, I don't know if you watched the Kurt Warner story, oh, the, yeah, yeah, the, I saw that one. Yeah. NFL quarterback, and how he he barely played in college, and went on and won uh, you know won the Super Bowl Super Bowl and and the Hall of Fame career. So I, that that's another great one that uh, I really enjoy. He was working in the shoppers market, a shopping market, or something, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. No, there, there, there's, there are some great ones, but uh, boy, if you when you when you sort of pick through them all and 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 find your favorites that you can watch time and time again, uh, it's a lot of fun. Hey, we just got a couple of minutes here, guys, but uh, I know Gary, you you wanted to just touch real quickly on uh, the PGA tournament. Uh, at Riviera this past weekend, uh, it was sort of Tiger Woods' return, which was very short-lived because he left in round two with the flu. But also, uh, just a great showing by Canadians as five Canadians finished in the top forty. Yeah, that that that's a thing that you know, Tiger's story. You know, Tiger's always going to be a story when he shows up. Uh, and it, it was his tournament. He he hosts hosts that one, the Genesis. I uh, at at Riviera, and uh, it it, w- it was you know too bad that he uh, he had to withdraw. But uh, you know the, the the story for me certainly were the Canadian kids, and then coming off the week before where where Nick Taylor won, mm-hmm. uh, we went right back the next week, and and as you said, uh, five kids in the top forty. Uh, Adam Hadwin has a has a big final round and, and ends up tie tie for uh, fifth, I believe. Uh, shot sixty five the final day, so. Um, Canadians right, right across the, you know, international sports scene right now. We're, uh, we're making our mark and I'd, I'd love it. I'd love to see it. Yeah. And well, one last Canadian fans are looking good too. When they go to those things or with their flags and they get hammered and everything. <laughs> That's kind of fun to watch there too. But how long do you think Tiger has? Like, like, is he, how long is he going to play? Oh, <laughs> I, I don't, uh. You know, I the the guys he's pieced together. I I, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know how much longer he has, and uh, you know, I I don't want to see him go to the point where you know he, he's uh, you know he, he he's not making cuts, and and uh, you know he just looks so disabled that he can't. I, I'd like to see him get out of it before it gets to that point, and uh, I I think it's uh, you know it's probably getting reasonably close to that. Uh, you know, fused, fused ankle, fused back. Yeah. Um, and we I think he's 48 years old. So, um, I, I don't, I don't see him myself playing on the champions tour when he turns 50. Uh, I, I think that, uh, he'll gracefully, uh, bow out here in the next, uh, you know, the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Tiger. He wants about the Viv tour either over the whole, I have, like, are they still going? I haven't heard a thing about them. Oh yeah, they're 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 still they only play 15, I think fifteen tournaments, so they well, okay. Okay. not like they're out there all the time. They, uh, um, but uh, no, I and I don't really care. 
Actually, one one lasting uh, thing about Canadians from that tournament last weekend was the Mackenzie Hughes walk and talk. I don't know if you saw that with the with Jim Nance, where he was talking about playing for playing pro golf on the PGA Tour for the love of the game, and it's not about the money. And it was clearly sort of a a veiled shot at the Live Tour, but uh, boy, Mackenzie okay. Hughes was just. It, 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 it was just he was so eloquent for about a minute and a half there with with Jim Nance. It was outstanding. It was it, it was spot on. I I I did see it and uh, um, I I thought the kid did a great great job and and just uh, you know how proud he is to to have, have made the, the the PGA Tour and and and, uh, uh, and be able to go out there and compete against uh, you know some of the best in the world every week and. Uh, no, he he did a one, and and to do that while you're playing, like it yeah. it was it was as he's walking to his next shot, and uh, I, I think Nance and and uh, you know the 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 announcers there that they were really impressed with the kid. You you, you could tell. Yeah, it, it was great. It was great TV. Yeah. All right, fellas, we're out of time. Boy, it goes by quick. But uh, thanks uh, so much again, uh, Lance. Have a great. Uh, Visit with your family out there, and uh, safe travels back to Ontario. Thanks. Yeah, I'll be back Thursday. Yeah, well, I'll swore follow with the little ones and my grandkids. It's great when you get a chance to spend some time for sure. Very good. Yeah. Enjoy, lads. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. <laughs>